Meme review. Not really. Top 10 memes unboxing video. Top 10 memes unboxing video. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to another Running on Empty podcast where I am your host, Joe, and I am joined, as always, by... Me. Trevor. By him. Yes. Me. And today we are bringing you our top 10 albums of the decade, roughly speaking. Roughly. Uh, that's because we've been wanting to do a top 10 albums thing for a while and talked about it and talked about it and then just like never did it so here we are <coughs> yeah uh, we, we talked we had a lot of planning we initially thought for this episode and then we didn't plan then we procrastinated until the deadline came up and now this is what you're getting um also i hurt my finger today as you can see i have a band-aid on this bad bad guy right here mm. so bad guy uh, that's what's new going on with me. How about you? Nothing. Nothing new. Nothing new. Okay. Also, uh, we're drinking this Tyrion Lannister whiskey. Or what is it? It's, Did it's I get a that right? It's Lagavulin. It is, La it is Lannister. If you look in the background, it's on my shelf. I got that right? Yeah, it's Lannister. I was literally just, uh, like... Spitballing? Just throwing names out there? Just throwing some shit at the wall. In hopes that it was kind of wrong to get you a little bit upset at me. Cheers. Cheers. It tastes like Sharpie markers. Yeah, it's, uh, it's intense. Yeah, it literally doesn't even taste good. It just tastes like pain and Sharpie marker. I me really cannot get the... Like, have you ever just, like, opened a king-size Sharpie? You don't even smell it. You're just like... Oh God! <laughs> I just taste uh, like the wood, like a wood mm -hmm. fire, wood smoke. Mm -hmm. Good smoke. It's also, I don't know what I just, what came out of my mouth there. As a piece of tooth or something, I don't know. Uh, yeah, but I think you go got ahead. a chipped glass. Maybe. Everybody. Yeah, you got, glass. A, you got a chipped oh. fucking glass. Okay, that is glass. Okay, glad to know my teeth. <laughs> my teeth are intact. My teeth are intact. We were just drinking okay. broken glasses now. Just broken glass. That's glass. <clears throat> no big deal. Yeah, I'll so just go right through this my will, digestive system. Wow, this will shockingly come out on the new year. Yeah, July first. July first, one beginning yeah. of a decade. We are closing a decade. Yeah, we are closing a decade. Yeah, you know, we, how we, do you feel about that? You know, I feel like I, it's just another year gone. Do you kind of just like not care? Nah, that's what I'm getting I from you. I don't, I don't give a shit. I don't really care either. Yeah. So, if uh, anything, I'm kind of like, okay, cool. Yeah, but I feel like a lot of people are like, oh, it's the end dude, of the decade. The end of the decade, like it oh went God, so yeah. fast. Oh my God, Gee. Debbie. Yeah. yeah. So fuck that shit. So, um, I think it's cool. Bring on the new decade, man. Yeah. Cheers. I'm ready for it. That's not to say that like the last decade was like a piece of shit and deserves to be forgotten. No, I Hence mean that's why we're bringing you a top ten albums of the decade. Yeah, I mean we'll probably miss a lot of albums that are really good and of really course, important. Of course, because my beautiful dark twist of fantasy is on neither of our lists. <laughs> I don't even know what that is. That's the Kanye West album that everyone is saying is the number one album of the decade, and maybe I mean, they're right. I haven't even listened to it. Me, neither. I didn't even know it was a thing. What's you know what? Without further ado, let's yeah. bring you my beautiful dark twisted fantasy. Okay, <laughs> we're not. No, so, seriously, I want to see if there's a song like what songs are on here. So, I should preface like especially for me because I know Joe put a lot more thought mm -hmm. in his list. Oh, I... Runaway. Okay, so that's the one that we've all heard. I've just got a list of albums that I enjoy. There might be ten. There might not be ten. Um, 
I don't know. I'm a slacker. So never did. I have a lot of dough. Yeah, that's a good. Smoking pot watching video. Man, I forgot to see what Tech Nine's albums came on the past I, decade. I know the problem. The reason. So there are some albums that I just didn't listen to that are probably top ten material. There's some. So these are personal favorites. Yeah, these I are feel ones like that, that should just. These go are ones that kind of like have but, stuck out with me. Like they kind of stick yeah. in my head immediately. So that's what these are. Some like, that can be amended. So there is going to inevitably be inevitably be the guy out there somewhere that's like how could you not put da 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 like in your top 10 how? and then it's like well i've never heard it and then like, how have you never heard da 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 like it's the greatest album of the decade bro so like how do you not have tormentor by the agony scene on your list go fuck yourself on that one because that is oh. on my list <laughs> Yep, that is actually on my list. Um, do, do you want to do to start us off? What are you doing? We can't. Well, what are you doing? We can't do this. Hold Whatever on. you're doing, I'm gonna play. You're, you're doing song. it anyways. You've heard this, right? This is no. from the album that everyone's saying is the greatest. Hold on. No, I've never heard this. This is everyone. Everyone's heard this song. I've not heard this song. Something wrong. No, okay. <laughs> never heard that. It's it's one of the most famous Kanye songs, and I actually admittedly think it's good, even though I'm not a Kanye guy. Oh yeah, well I haven't heard it. Um, so, so yeah, I guess fine. I'll I'll kick us off. All so right, kick us off. Yeah, like we already disclaimed, my beautiful dark twisted fantasy is not. <laughs> It's not on our list. It's not so, on anyone's list. Um, it shouldn't be on anyone's list. No, it probably should be. It's probably a very, very good album. Uh, it's just not one list. that I've listened to. Okay, all right. Um, I think Kanye is deserving of respect. Yeah? But um, is he that's about where it ends for me. <laughs> all right, so I'm going to go ahead and cross off Tormentor since you, like... <laughs> I called you out. You just you, you threw that out there, thinking that like that wasn't going to be on anybody's <laughs> list, but it is. Okay, Tormentor by right. the Agony Scene, a band that I'd never heard in the past until one day, like a summer or two ago. Last Trevor time. was like, "Hey, man, have you ever heard the Agony Scene?" I was like, "No." <laughs> I was like, "Is it death metal?" And he's like, "Yep." Yes. And I was like, "Well, then I don't want to hear it." And you're like, "No, like just hear me out on this, okay?" So eight years or something passed since the Agony Scene last dropped a record, and like this one, they just went balls to the wall on. And I was like, dude, like you know, I don't like death metal. And he's like, no, but they went from like metalcore to like death metal, dude. You're like, dude, and I it's like epic. And I was like, all right, well, I guess there's no stopping you, so I'll give it a listen. And then like I listened to that whole album, I think front to back, basically from that point on. And I at the end, I was just like. God damn, bro. <laughs> that is a fucking album. And then you're like, you know what? Just keep that CD. So I did. And then I listened to it probably 30 more times. And that's, yeah, it is a one of the few death metal records that I actually really, really like. I'm not a death metal guy, as Trevor there's will just, attest. There's just something so but there's just great something about that album. Mm-hmm. 
The Serpent's Tongue is my favorite song on that album. Like, I don't know what it is. It's something like, I don't know, like, how to describe the sound, like, on that record that that's just so, like, imperfect, but so... Also, um, just so... It's so metal, dude. Yeah, it's, it's so, so good. Brutal. It's just... It's so... It's in your face. There's, like... Yeah. This band used to be, like, that very, like, early 2000s metalcore, like, think of Kill Switch. Very much like that. Like, okay, we're gonna have some fucking ripping verses, but, like, beautiful melodic singing on the choruses. Yeah. And they're like, you know what? That's gone. No no more singing. We're just gonna scream. <laughs> no Last beats, bring them in. You know that tone that those guys are getting on that Norwegian death metal record? Bring that over here. <laughs> Give me some of that. Give me some of that. We'll do some of this, and boom. Oh, oh man, my, the riff that still plays in my mind to this day when I think of it, it is down, 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 You know what I'm talking yeah. about, right? I yeah. think that is Serpent's Tongue. Yeah, I think it is Serpent's Tongue. It's such a good ripping record. Yeah, dude, that song is so just blistering. It's so good, man. I'm sure I have the you... vinyl sitting over yeah. there, too. You do? Yeah, I got the vinyl. Oh, yeah, that's a great album. I definitely recommend. What do you got for us, Trevor? Alright, no Out particular of your order. list of, like, ten or possibly less. Like, the first thing I have on the list, it's like, I have a band with two albums listed. <laughs> I actually, I, like... I purposefully didn't include any two albums from any band. Because it's artist. like, the problem is, like, some of these bands really solo good albums. Okay, I know. Let's, let's talk it's about hard. The, it's let's hard. talk about the one that I know you've listened, I know you've listened to most of with me. Okay. A Legion, Proponent of oh, Sentience. fuck. Yes. Proponent of Sentience. Another great metal record. It's, I think most of mine are all metal records. Oh, yeah. But, uh, yeah, it's such, like, it's this fucking journey. Yeah. From start to finish. It's, like, got these great interludes between, like, the first few sections that aren't, like, instrumentals. They're, like, full-blown songs, but they separate the record into what the record is. And it's just that great story from start to finish. That like, really is a front to back kind of album too that you just kind of have to listen to. Yeah, uh, just kicked your computer. <laughs> and then, uh, like the way they close with proponent, like the proponent of Sentience Three, like with uh, easily the best song. Like it comes in, it's like like it's, it's got like that Stevens Hawking Hawking's like monologue. Yeah. About basically, uh, mankind has ever we- I've always looked has questioned about whether or not God exists. Like <laughs> we looking have tried st- for centuries, has always questioned whether God exists. He does now. Yeah, it's <laughs> great. If you, I don't care if you don't listen. I don't know, listen to oh, a yeah. legion proponent of sentience it's from a, start to back. It's a really good record. Like I remember recently, I was sitting in the I was sitting in like in our office. Oh, in my office. Yeah. And I was talking you to your coworkers. No, but like, oh, okay. it, I mean, I said my office because it's you no longer, you're no longer. It's in the not building. my office yeah. anymore. Okay, I get, yeah. I get. So what you're saying. we like we were talking, we were talking about lunch. I'm sitting there listening to. I think it's like uh, from Gray or from Nothing. And there's this part, like maybe two minutes into the song, where the dude is just like yelling. Like I don't like it's metal, so he's screaming the entire time. But like one long note for like 45 seconds straight. <laughs> And I'm like, hang on, guys. I can't hear you. This dude's literally just screaming in my ear, and he hasn't stopped for the past minute. Yep. A legion. Such a good... Proponent for sentience. Yeah. Yeah. That is a good record. I liked it. The one I had next to it was one... It was... I haven't listened to it as much, and I think it was like... It's either going to be one or the other, which was uh, apoptosis. I can't pronounce the fucking word. But basically, it's 
just as good, if not. I don't know if I've heard that one. It's I don't think to so. me it might be kind of like it's kind of like the continuation of Proponent for Sentience and what that band was trying to achieve. Okay. So to me, it's probably the better record, but I haven't listened to Aptosis so much. Like okay. I've listened to like I'll, I've listened to it like front and back a couple of times. Should we do you know before we get too far into this? Should we do any honorable mentions? Because like there's definitely one that I want to mention that I haven't actually listened to front to back. Yeah, I mean definitely. So. I just want to right now say The Satanist by Behemoth. If mm. that's on your list, fine. It, it's on my list. Okay. Sorry for spoilers, but no, like fine. that is mine such... Aren't, mine aren't in an order. That is such an amazing album, dude. Like, but the problem is like, I can't say that with like definitive like conviction because I actually haven't listened to every single song. I'm, so it seems a little disingenuous to be like, that's one of my album's of the decade when I haven't even heard the entire thing. Yeah, it's a... I just know there's a lot of great songs on it, and every song that I have heard on The Satanist has been, if I may paraphrase Kevin from Vsauce 2, melt your face off. Yeah, it's really fucking good. That's actually, like... how I, that's actually how I heard about it, is from Kevin from Vsauce recommended it on Twitter. Huh. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, it's, uh, it's definitely... They're they've been in like a black death metal band, like like yeah. it's like black and death metal. But basically, the Satanists they took everything they would they everyone like has established as black metal. And they're like let's just kind of switch it up a little bit. It's a lot different. It's less refined. It's less clean. They've left every mis- like they're like you don't notice because to us that's how it is. But when they're like playing the song, if there was a mistake while they're recording, or someone played the wrong note or did the wrong thing, they left all the little mistakes in. I didn't know that. So it was. It's less refined. This was my first Behemoth record that I ever listened to, and it made me a fan of them. Yeah, it's fucking like it's a good record. Like it's so much so like it was like a hard record to, to top. And yeah, like it's, definitely, it's just like a kind of a hard left a lasting legacy. I've looked through several like top like metal like albums of the decade, and this one's been on the top of like. 95% of them. Yeah, if you're not a fan of, like, metal music, this will probably not be a video that you will care about. I'll just tell you that right now. Yeah. I mean, Because we're some, both metalheads. Yeah, there are some, but I think within the past decade, it wasn't until the past couple of years, really, that I started branching out a bit more. Like, I've always appreciated everything, but, like... I'm excited to see what you have that isn't metal. Because like, I actually have, like, probably half of my stuff. Like, a lot of the stuff, like, it was only the past couple of years that I really started, like, branching out. Like, I've always appreciated things, but a lot of, like, the most stuff that's not metal that I listen to is super old. Okay. Like, take the Wu-Tang Clan, for example. Like, they've okay. got, they put out some records, but, like, they're, a lot of their best shit came out in, like, the fucking 90s. Yeah. All right. Moving on. Moving on. Any other honorable mentions? Honorable mentions. Like uh, you know, I'm going to put uh, Stone Sour's House of Golden Bones Part 1 and 2 up there. I haven't listened to a ton of Stone Sour they, in all honesty. It's a different record because it was a concept record. There's a two-part concept record that had to do with a comic book that Corey Taylor was writing. Okay. And I don't know, for some reason, like, when they came out, I was listening to them both a lot. I still enjoy both House of Golden Bones 1 and 2. Like enormous enormously and that's where i was kind of like basing my uh stuff that i wrote down was on uh stuff that i just kind of like popped up in my head that i listened to a lot and i had listened to house of golden bones a lot so that's just what i can say it's like all in all they're just 
kind of your standard stone, like kind of standard rock metal records, but nothing Corey Taylor's too, no, very talented. Yeah, stone no, Sour's always been good. Nothing too crazy, like, oh, they did this and this and this, which was very, like, out there, but... Like, no game changers, but, like, solid. Yes, yeah, sol- solid records. Sorry, I'm going to give one more honorable mention. I was just adding another thing, because, like, I just got a, I got a bunch of shit on here. Okay. Well, you could go first if you No, want. it's okay. What's, what's, okay. Uh... My other honorable mention, this didn't make the list. I'm not really sure why, but I think it's because something had to get 11th place, and mm-hmm. uh, this was it. But Misery Signals Absent Light. That is... I am still debating whether or not that should have made the top 10. Yeah. It's that good of a record. Okay. Uh, it's like kind of... I don't know, like, I don't know how to describe it. Think of, like, a pop-punk band, okay, like, let's say, A Day to Remember, right? Mm-hmm. But then, like, if they were basically just, like, death metal instead, almost, okay. like, I don't know. I get a little bit of pop-punk vibe, but, like, it's very, like, just, like, kind of, like, vocals and okay. stuff like that. Um, and it's... Here's the thing I love about it, okay, is that the guitars and all of, like, the instrumental music is so melodic, mm-hmm. and it's one of those where, like, you just pop in the headphones and close your eyes, and you're like, whoa, this is good music right here. Hmm. But the vocals are just so, like, just heavy and just, uh, like just so metal okay. like they're all screamed i think except for there's one song which has vocals that are sang on half of it and then there's like also that thing where a lot of bands used to do where they're singing the words and in the background it's also being screamed okay yeah. but it sounds so good so if like yeah if anyone wants to check it out i would say check out absent light which is a misery signals album Misery Signals in general, I thought is very good ever since I discovered them. But check out Everything Will Rust. That is probably, I think that's the closer on the album, and it's probably the best song. Generally, closers are probably, to me, probably the best songs on the record. I just remember, like, the lyrics were, like, just so, like, I don't know, like, with it, like, blasting in your eardrums, you know, Mm. it's way different. But, like, some of the lyrics were, I've come here to worship and to scrape my nails into the stone. Yeah, that's definitely metal. Yeah. And that's one of the parts where, like, he's singing, he's like, I've come, and then he's like, I've come here to worship and scrape my nails into the stone. And then, like, the whole time it's being screamed in the background at the same time. It's so good, dude. I'll have to check it out. Yeah, it's a great album. It gives me, like, a very, like, kind of almost D&D kind of feel to it. Mm. It sounds like it might have been a concept album or something in a way, because a lot of the songs seem like this guy that's, like, on some sort of journey, like, looking for, Mm. like, clues, like, following the path that his god or something has set before him. It's kind of like... It's also got, like, this, like, Egyptian god card kind of, like, feel to it. Especially when, you look at the, especially when you look at the album art, it's totally, like, I don't know, some Yu-Gi-Oh! vibes coming out of there, too. 
But it's good, man. I really liked it. So that's my other honorable honorable mention. Okay. I mean, I'm sure I got some more that I'll bring up, like, throughout it goes. But I'll bring up my next one that's definitely a daffodil on this list that I think might be on both of our lists. I could be wrong. Okay. And that is In Waves by Trivium. I'm just going to mark it off right now so that you can <laughs> talk about it. Like, there is just something special about In yeah. Waves. In Waves, dude, is one of the you know i i don't want to say it's like the the seminal is that the word like the seminal trivium record because it could be it's not but it's all almost in a way like the most trivium trivium record it's just it's like it's their longest record i think it might not be, but it's definitely, it's got, it's definitely got the most songs. I don't know on that it's one got like tw- at all. It's got like 20-some-odd songs. No, maybe not 20-some-odd. Uh, yeah, about, I don't think it's 20-anything, but uh, like, I think it's got 14. It's got a lot. It could be more than that, though. I, I, I'm i just going to guess 14. Ooh, okay, 13. 13. Dude, Wait, so that's the standard close. edition. Special edition, 18. Yeah, that's true. I forgot about the special edition. It's got Shattering, Enslaved New World, and then... Yeah. Oh, wait. A Gray So Dark is a bonus track? Yeah. I didn't know that. There's a few that are, like, Drowning in Slow Motion is a bonus track? Yeah. Here, like, look, like, that's just what's on the standard CD. Those are bonus tracks in the middle of the record. Like, what? (laughs) Yeah, it's definitely... Uh, In Waves was Trivium's fifth record, I believe. Uh, fifth studio album. So basically, yeah. what happened was they had a departure of the drummer, the original drummer, and then they got a new drummer, and they basically took an extended break in between records, but they kept writing and writing music, and they ended up with what, what looks like 18 songs all together. A couple, one's a, co- one's a cover, but uh, they started doing this thing where like they started the singer slash one of the lead guitar players Matt Hafe had like started working with his friend John Paul Douglas and was like had this whole concept was going on and was like writing all these lyrics based off like movies and other shit that he's seen like the Lars von Trier depression trilogy which is like Antichrist Melancholia and Nymphomaniac and then uh stuff like that old uh Inception was another movie that inspired the record. Really? I didn't yeah. even know that. Actually. So it's very like this very black and white record with a lot of weird imagery and like I know it was very cinematically yeah, it's a, inspired. Yeah. It's, um but the music itself is just like something that you, I could speak about for a long time. Yeah, on you, just how good it is. It's literally a piece of art. It is a piece of art. There's no better way to put it. You'll get some of the heaviest trivium you've ever heard. You'll get some of the, like the most melodic and touching kind of trivium you've ever heard as well. Yeah, it's also very weird because I think the album. I don't um, know about their new albums. I don't think this one was played in like C sharp. Really? Yeah, it was played in a really weird tuning. Um. So a song that comes to mind for me is um, Caustic Are the Ties That Bind. Yeah. It's a song that definitely has moments that are very, like, just so heartfelt and, you know, sung vocals. But Mm -hmm. it's also got moments that are just, like, really in-your-face aggressive, too. 
and that is one of the best songs I think to describe like the album as a whole because it has a lot of those kind of moments that are just like heartfelt and sung vocals and then also like just really like in your face aggressive heavy metal vocals too so like vocally I know I've said the word vocal like probably 38 times now um but yeah, vocally, I think it's really good and diverse. And I don't know, it just feels so... Like, Trivium like disco- rediscovered themselves on yeah. this. One of my favorite songs of the record, and always will be, is, this, is uh, Forsake Not the Dream. Yes. Because there's something really weird about that song. It's got this very, like, almost poppy riff. Yeah, like a pop-punk kind of opening. Like, the riff itself isn't really that super heavy but it's just there it's this weird catchy thing and one of the craziest things is like they have the super heavy part they come out of it and they have like a brief interlude where it stops for a second and then matt's vocal like it's like matt's vocals come in and as soon as ever the the riff kicks back in with that super like poppy riff there's just fucking this ripping blast beat behind it yeah what do you think that Pull this up one more time. One more again. One more again. Oh, that's right. Uh, Let's look at the track listing, because I want to ask you again. I want to see if your opinion has changed on this. I know we had a disagreement. What is the heaviest song on this record, including the extended edition? The heaviest Although, actually not including Slave New World. Yeah, because that's not... that's 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 a cover. I don't know. Part of me wants to say it's between Shattering... Mm-hmm. I I can agree that, that I'm, 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 I'm going to throw some words out there, not like saying a for sure, and I'm going to say sh- between shattering, chaos reigns, mm-hmm. uh, a skyline severance, okay, and dusk dismantled. I would agree with all those picks. I so remember between those four. Listen, before we had this discussion, we disagreed on this. You said dusk dismantled. I said a Skyline Severance, I think, is the heaviest. Yeah, Skyline Severance is definitely... It's just that outro is so ridiculous. Although, in a way, maybe I was wrong. Because I think what a Skyline Severance really is, is the most aggressive song. But maybe not the most heavy See, the, But those are definitely the mo- the heaviest songs on this record. So Shattering, that's just fucking rips from start yeah, to finish shattering is like just so good dude that's the first trivium song i ever heard uh chaos reigns might be the my least listened to of all of them but chaos reigns is just it's heavy man yeah it's it's yeah not to say that it's not good but yeah part of me between those because like i, I want to say just shattering because shattering is shattering is just short punchy just gets in there and doesn't stop yeah shattering is so good but man. if we're talking about bass songs on just the, the little 13 albums that'd yeah. be a five additional i'm gonna i don't know i don't really know it's still between those four yeah i don't know which one i could choose over the others because i love them all fun fact is uh, that i'm sure you knew this but shattering the skies above the the riff on that was based on a polaroid camera where yeah. you take a picture and it goes it gets such a and all the lyrical content was inspired by God, God of War. War three, yeah, yeah, it was re- it was released for the God of War three yeah. record, which believe it or not, both Kill Switch Engage and Dream Theater have songs for that record. I didn't know that. Yeah, at all. They have. Actually. They both yeah. wrote. They both wrote songs for so, it. So yeah, Shattering the Skies Above definitely a contender for the most metal. It's mostly because like. 
that fucking break in the middle where it's like where he's just like blasting. Yeah, they're just like watch what our new guy can do. Nick fucking Augusto. Yeah, Nick Augusto is still my favorite Trivium drummer. But what would you say between the between those four? Who what would be your Oh, mine is, yeah, mine is uh, Skyline Severance. So, yeah, it's just, like, something about that, like, that uh, ending in Skyline. Like, when I was thinking about these records, I was torn between this, re- between In Waves and the the new record of... Uh, Sin in the Sentence. Yeah, Sin in the Sentence. Yeah. Because Sin in the Sentence is fucking insane. Sin in the Sentence has some amazing songs on it, but nothing, like... I just feel like there hasn't been a Trivium album ever that is, like, that gives me the same feeling as when I listen to In Waves. Yeah, that's what I kind of, that was kind of like my in, I thought, I'm like, well, In Waves is always going to hold that special place Never, in my heart. Never, like, not came... since they started, not since after In Waves. Like, In Waves is just In Waves. It's his own beast, man. Yeah. I just, I remember, like, that entire summer, like, cause I think I just got my first car that summer that In Waves came out. And I would just listen to In Waves from front to fucking finish all the time. I you actually showed me that whole record front to finish on your CD player yeah. slash boombox. And I remember, uh, what is it? It's of all these yesterdays, and yeah. then followed by Leaving This World Behind, which is kind of like an instrumental track. Where Matt is just like almost unintelligibly yelling, mm-hmm. and like the static, like yeah, the then TV it kind of fades, static it fades out the like, static, ah, yeah. and then as soon as it stops, it's just boom. And I literally was like, "Wow, that was a great album." And my sentence was interrupted by shattering the skies above, opening riff, and my mind blew. I wish I could relive that moment because that was one of the most like that's. Just, like, mind-blow moments I've ever had when listening to music was, like, oh, my God, dude. It keeps going, and it's so good. I think that's one of the most beautiful things about In Waves, because it starts, it has all these little instrumental pieces. Like, it starts off with Capsizing the Sea, which goes so beautifully into into In Waves. And then I think it's, like, right before Built the Fall, I want to say. um, Right before Built the Fall is Ensnare the Sun, and, like, there's all these little instrumental tracks that just kind of, like... Tie, tie the record together. I think, very to be fair, bow. though, those two and then Leaving This World Behind are the only ones. And for a, a record with so many songs, I don't know. All I know is that those instrumental tracks or, like, those little interludes that are only, like, a minute or two long, they fit really well within yeah. the record. They definitely add something but you're not missing out totally if you choose to not listen. Yeah, if you don't have the... But you're definitely, like... But I think if you're gonna, ch- if you like, if you're if you're at the record store right now and you're staring at it in waves, like whoever, like if you yeah. if you're still buying CDs, which if you are, good 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 job. But like, it, even if it's digital, like digital, it's a little bit easier to get the deluxe edition. But if you're buying like the vinyl or this the CD, go and find the deluxe edition. You're like, better off for by it. Far. Like you're like, oh man, I'm just missing out on some bonus track. Like no, you're missing out on half of a fucking record. Yeah, um, I would say it's a lot, it's very much akin to eating pumpkin pie with no whipped cream. Yeah, that's it. You know, like, pumpkin pie is good all by itself. But, with whipped cream, that's a different, that's, that's a game changer right there. Yeah, That's what that is. Yeah, I figured Uh, I'd bring up in ways, because I knew it was an album we were both very passionate about. Yeah, 100%, man. That, that would be just absolutely insane 
for me to not have on my list. That yeah. is such an amazing just metal record. And if we did this a year ago, I would, Shogun would have been on this list. Yeah. <laughs> I would have been very torn because if we did this a year ago, then it would have been Shogun is eligible, <laughs> but also that would be put up against In Waves. Yeah. And that is a very tough decision. They're both very... Me. It's a tough call. They're both very period pieces for yeah. Trivium. I think if someone put a gun to my head... I would have to say Shogun is the better record, mm-hmm. but I, it's not by a long shot. You know, <laughs> it's it's in very wave, close, man. In, in Waves is wonderful. Listen, go listen to In Waves by Trivia, the yeah. entire record. It's another one. It's a long record, being eighteen songs for the deluxe edition, but it's definitely it's definitely a front to finish record, front to back. Definitely. So don't skip um, on it. I I love it. Yeah. So my, I'll, I'm gonna go ahead and go next, and give you. I'm just pulling up the the discography or the um, track listing here. Black clouds and silver linings by Dream Theater. Did that? 2009. Was that 2009? Yep. And I looked it up because I was like, dude. I was thinking like that was definitely like one that I was gonna put on my list, but I didn't get get to looking it up. Mm-hmm. So, because I thought it was 2008, that's why I kind of like I was like I. I did too, but I looked it up to make sure. I it was literally convinced myself that it was 2008. I, I, I no, it was so 2009. Too. Holy June shit! June 23rd, but com- I thought it was 2008 too. At first. That completely redefines my list because I was going on the assumption like I didn't look it up to verify. Because being the Dream Theater fan that I am, I had completely convinced myself it was 2008. Yeah. Yeah, no. Um, Dream Theater is a progressive metal band that is just like, what happens when you put six dudes that went to college for music and a heavy <laughs> metal band together? You get Dream Theater is what you get. Black Clouds and Silver Linings, dude. That's, uh, fucking, that's one of the best a, Dream Theater records, period, I it's would a dare to say. beast of a record. Like I think there are like yeah. th- two to three songs that are well over ten minutes. There's six songs on the record. Yeah. So anyone that likes, you know, like pop music or anything like that, they're going to be like, six songs? Like, that's an EP. <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah, except it's when not, at least except three to four of them are over Literally, ten it's six songs, but the record is 75 minutes long. <laughs> 75 minutes long, my guy. Uh, oh. You have A Nightmare to Remember, which is 16 clocks, and it's 16 minutes and 10 yeah, seconds. Yeah, that's one of my favorite uh, songs of all time. This and here's the thing, okay? A lot of people are like, Dream Theater is just for people that like to brag about how long of a song that they can listen to. Mm-hmm. That's true, okay? But it's also not just for those people. It's for people that really like progressive metal and like to sit there and just enjoy all the music has to offer. Like, really, all their songs take you on a journey. Yeah, definitely. Like, it's like, oh man, don't be intimidated by the fact that a song's 15 minutes because each it's not like. The song is going to start in one place and it's going to end somewhere completely different. You're going to go somewhere completely different in yeah. between. Oh, definitely. Like, take uh, the song fucking Octavarium. The song yes. Octavarium. That song's 30 minutes long. 25 minutes and some change long is what but, it is. But, like, yeah. there are all these little sections that feel so different and so weird. But that we're not talking about Octavarium. We're talking about... Yeah, I'd say the ones to definitely watch out for, oddly enough, is the first and last song on the record. A Nightmare to Remember, which is John Petrucci, uh, their guitarist, recounting a uh, tale of when his family was in a tragic car accident, but Mm -hmm. it's really good, man. It's, again, the music 
in it is just it's one of those ones where like you never like just take it from me if you never listen to dream theater okay never sit down and be like when is the guy gonna start singing like never do that okay because it's gonna be a while just like instead enjoy the long intro because there's almost always gonna be long intro and yeah. it really it's truly enjoyable but for people that are used to listening listening to like pop music and stuff where it's like you know 10 seconds of instrumental at the beginning if that you know people you're think getting, of a song you get like two to three minutes before like people think of a song as just singing it's like you know but a like, long time ago classical music a lot of times had mm -hmm. no singing at all people really enjoy just listening to beautiful piano or beautiful violin i will say like the first few minutes before the vocals start up are probably some of the best moments in that song a nightmare to remember. Yeah, or, a nightmare okay. to remember. Like, there's also true. I, like, you've probably heard me tell a story several times, but there's a. It's uh, very epic. Yeah, the Dream Theater was never like the band for like blast beats and crazy stuff. Like, yeah. we know the drummer Mike Portnoy has done blast beats because he was on Avenged Sevenfold's Nightmare, and but what I remember, can the guy not do though? Like, yeah. I remember in that song there is a moment where there's a bunch of blasting, and I like I remember like the like there was a year I was like I tweeted at him like Hey Mike, what inspired you to blast for the first time on uh, Nightmare to Remember? He goes. I literally got a fucking reply from Mike Portnoy saying, spending the summer touring with Between the Buried and Me and Opeth. Yeah. And I'm like, that would do it. That is like, that was one of the highlights of my existence, was getting yeah. a tweet back from Mike Portnoy. Yeah. BT Bam is a great band, yeah. too. They don't, I don't have a top ten yeah, so, for them, but I do like them. And actually, another song I know you're, I know the song you're going to bring up, another, song up, another one I want to point out to listen to, because, I mean, the whole record's good. But there's a song called The Best of Times. Mm -hmm. It was, the lyrics were written by the drummer Mike Portnoy. And it was about his dad. He wrote it, I think it was either before or after his dad I passed away. I did not know yeah, that, actually. That, that song is about him spending uh, time with his dad. And there is a version you can find on YouTube uh, with Mike Portnoy doing all the vocals. Really? Okay. Yeah, it's like a, I think it's a demo, but yeah, Portnoy does all the vocals. It kind of gives me a little bit of a new appreciation for that. Yeah, it's a really good song. I like it a lot. Um, I think Wither is also a really good song, man. Oh, yeah. It Wither, took me a couple listens to really learn to like it. Wither though. is basi would basically what we consider the, the ballad of this record. Yeah. It's, I, it's, didn't, I really did not care for it at first, but after listening to it a few times, it's I was very, like, I really do like it. It's got a bit of a melancholy tone to yeah. it. But it's really good. I like it. Uh, uh, they're all good. I know. Dude, uh, the Count of Tuscany is my favorite, though. Fortress, the Shattered Fortress. Yeah. I don't know. This was if you can see. There's like if you're looking at the like the track listing on Wikipedia or whatever, you see it's got a three parts, like to ten, it, yeah. eleven, and twelve. Uh, that's a part of another song called the Ten Step Suite or the Twelve Step Suite. Basically, when Portnoy got sober. He started writing a series of songs called the, the uh, it's like the Step Suite, and that goes up to twelve. So each part is like a part of the program. I actually did not know that either. Yeah, so that's that's the last part of uh, his suite involving the recovery program. 
Wow, man. That's that's pretty crazy. I actually didn't know this. This made my top ten as like <laughs> one of my top ten favorite albums just because I purely love to listen to it, like getting musical enjoyment out of it. But I didn't know a lot of like these like little fun facts and stuff you're giving me here. Yeah, so... I know the Count of Tuscany, I've heard, is also, though, supposed to be based on a true story about Petrucci going to yeah, I don't know. Italy. I think so. I don't know much about the story of that song, but I know yeah. it is based on true events. And it's you can definitely hear the story in the lyrics more so than most other songs. Yeah, like and I remember that's pretty straightforward. You can hear that in the lyrics. Oh but... yeah, like literally the songs, like the at least lyrics. It starts off several years ago in a foreign town. Yeah, it's... you know, like it's the guy tells you exactly what. Yeah, happens. this definitely got like a like a really long intro with like a very I think it's like a, a synth kind of yeah. beautifully playing, and it's. Oh, Count of, Count of Tus- Tuscany. That's, I, I would say it's actually my favorite Dream Theater song. It, it's a really good song, so yeah. Yeah. I will say... Because if not Count of Tuscany, then it's a nightmare to remember, but also shout-outs to Octavarian. Yeah. Uh, the special edition tracks, I think they're all covers, but they're oh, all... Fuck, dude. Also, though, this is making me remember, because now I'm just like throwing out like, oh, this is my favorite Dream Theater song, all willy-nilly. <laughs> Now what's coming to mind is some of their older stuff. Dude, like, yeah. Um, they, they, but they've got a lot of backlog to go through. They do have a lot of backlog. What's the other one I really like that you uh, can remember that I can't name, name right now? I can't remember. Pull me under. Pull me under. Pull me under. We'll say, even though the, the, yeah. the special edition, if you can find like these, I think you can find them easier digital. They're all just, they're all just covers. Never heard the special edition with all this extra stuff. Yeah, yeah, they're all they're all cover songs. We'll say Stargazer, one of my favorite fucking songs from that special edition. They covered they Queen co- and Iron Maiden. Yeah, they were ready for it. Like I think the first one is a Rainbow cover. It's wonderful. Like I've listened to that song probably just as much time as I've listened to the like. I listen to that. That's like one of my go-to dream theaters. Damn, song. dude. It's their cover of fucking Stargazer. Yeah, Iron Maiden is actually a band I didn't get into into until this year. Yeah, random fact: this isn't the first time Mike Portnoy is gonna pop up on the uh, within our discussions. Oh, I'm sure, man. The fact that this guy's all over heavy metal, yeah, which is the fact that he's been on several of our favorite records of the past decade, has to say a lot with the talent of this fucking man alone. Yeah, this guy is easily one of the best drummers to ever live, man. Yeah, I mean. I mean, I just don't know if you can even argue that. I yeah. mean, he's got to be, like, a top five of all time, mm-hmm. right? Of all time. I mean, easily. Dude's if, a machine. He's if not everything. top three, you know, like, I mean, I don't know. I would say, yeah, it, it's really tough to compete with Mike Portnoy. The guy's a genius. He also kind of reminds me of Kevin Smith. <laughs> doesn't he a little bit like yeah. just like something about his beard or something like makes me think like that's kevin smith but if you played drums so <laughs> since really we're fucking good <laughs> since we're on the portnoy kick i'll go with my next album which is flying colors by okay. flying colors okay it is tell me about flying colors basically flying colors is another band featuring mike portnoy okay it is a prog band as port is a lot but the interesting here they can mostly focus on elements of pop and prog. 
they call it like a pop prog kind of like, and they have definitely have some more me- have some metal moments in there. It definitely sounds familiar to me. Yeah, but they definitely have some. It's, they definitely focus on the being clean, like prog music, and ha- I like pop music and having these like elements of prog. It's a it's a super group. It's got a bunch of people like okay. uh, Casey McPherson and oh I can't remember the keyboardist's name. Flying colors. No, listen. Like why I'm sitting looking up flying colors is. It literally Neil Morse. says super group. Yeah, Neil Morse, mean. Casey McPherson, Dave LaRue. Uh, yeah, who is that guy? I know his name from something. He's been on a lot of things. Steve Morse from, I think he's from Deep Steve Purple. From Deep Purple. Uh, who is Dave? Dave LaRue's played with the Dixie Dogs, with John Petrucci, with Joe Satriani, with yeah. Jordan Rudess. I don't know how I know him exactly, but I've definitely heard his name thrown around Dave LaRue. Yeah. He Dave Lurie is really good. Then Steve Morse, guitar player, Deep Purple, fucking the Dixie, the Dixie Dregs again. Like, dude's good. And then uh, Neil Morse has mostly been like kind of his own thing. Uh, he's in some things like Spock's Beard, Transatlantic, which is another good band with Mike Portnoy in it. Uh, Yellow Matter Custer, which I think is his and Mike Portnoy's Beatles cover band. I remember you talking about that years ago. Uh, yeah, and then uh, Casey McPherson, I think, was kind of the underdog when he when the band started. He's been in groups like Alpha Rev and some other things. But I kind of, to me, the one thing I listen to the most with him in it is Flying Colors. Hmm. Because I think that's what he's been in the most is basically, as you can see, so looking at this, is mostly just Flying Colors records. But no, Flying Colors is like, it's kind of like this poppy prog kind of outfit. They're called progressive rock, but I remember Portnoy when he's talking about it, I said they were, they were really trying, they were really focusing on uh, pop elements. I would really like to listen to that. I have never heard this, I don't think. Yeah, I think I've, I've got uh, I've got the records on my phone, but I also got a making of DVD okay. from when this stuff came out, because I was yeah. really excited for it. I'm going to listen to this for sure. This came out around the same time as uh, Adrenaline Mob. Okay. Kind of like, because Portnoy doesn't just have one thing but come out at one time. Yeah, that guy's... Yeah, but no. Got a lot of stuff going on all the time. I think their third record came out or is about to come out. So, yeah, it's got definitely moments in there where it's definitely more poppy, more subdued. Uh, But it's definitely got stuff on there, like Infinite Fires. Like, I think it's like a 12 or 13 minute long track. And there's stuff in there. Uh, uh, there's a song I can't think of its name off the top of my head. Give me a second, I'm gonna pull it up. Uh, All falls down is literally like it's it's metal. Like it's fucking heavy as hell. It's kind of got this Muse vibe through it. Okay. It's it's interesting. It's probably one of my. It's not just my favorite because of that because it's really it's it's a really solid record. Really well put together and worth a listen to. I am definitely interested in that because I like pop and I like progressive metal. And so I'm interested to see the fusion of kind of those two things come together, especially when Mike Portnoy is involved, you know? <laughs> yeah, he's even got a song where he sings all the vocals, or like the main vocals. Okay. Yeah, I'm going to check that out. Um, I'll go ahead and take the next one then. Okay, uh, go ahead. Cause, uh, so this one is... I'm not sure if you've really listened to this, but I'm going to give this to Pure Heroin by Lord. I have not heard any of this. Um, most famous for the song Royals, okay. which you've probably heard. I've heard that. Um, she's a New Zealand 
singer, you know, I think she was 15 or something. Like, she was young when this came out. Um, this is definitely really, like, a... It's definitely a pop record, but it's something kind of like an indie pop record, almost. It was... To me, I heard Royals on in the car on the radio, and I was like, wow, that's pretty different and kind of cool. I like that. And then... I just kind of stumbled across like a couple more songs uh like i know tennis court was one and i was like you know it's not my favorite tennis court but okay and then like glory and gore was also a promotional song they had for like the vikings show or some shit mm -hmm. i don't remember let me see if it, probably heard that because it was yeah. like it wasn't vikings because yeah it is vikings Lori and Gore go hand in hand. Um, but then, like, I don't know. I just was eventually like, you know what? I'm going to listen to the album. And then I was like, whoa, the deep cuts on this thing are fucking awesome. It mm -hmm. reminds me a little bit of City of Evil in some ways because there's a lot of background vocals going on. Mm -hmm. Like, at all times. Lots of different vocal harmonies and shit. But it's really fun to listen to. It's a very laid back, though, kind of thing. Um mm -hmm. She's got, like, these almost, like, ASMR vocals kind of going on at some points where it seems like she's pretty close to the microphone. Okay. Kind of thing. Reminds me a little bit of Billie Eilish, but almost I should flip-flop that because she came before Billie Eilish. Um, I don't know, man. It's, I would say White Teeth Teens is one of my favorite uh, favorites on the record for sure. Um, also really liked buzz cut season and um bravado which i did not know was a um japanese exclusive apparently hmm. and oh no no it's not it's part of the extended edition that's okay and then the love club is also part of the extended edition so i don't know definitely listen to the extended edition because there's like I'm literally looking at like three songs where I'm like, wow, that was what I thought was one of the best songs on the record, and it's actually the extended cut. <laughs> so, I mean, that's how it typically goes, right? Some of the best songs are not sometimes, on the man. Record. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's not to say that uh, the standard edition or whatever itself is not worth listening to. I think it's a very good pop record, and it's was I'm fairly sure her first record. Mm -hmm. She, like, knocked it out of the fucking park. Okay. Um, she's since come out with at least one more record after that to where I personally feel like did not... It stood in the shadow of her other first album, which is known as Pure Heroin, as I said. Um, what was her other one? I think it was called, like, Megalomania or something like that. And uh, Melodrama, that's what it was. Um listen to a lot of melodrama not any didn't listen to it front to back but um it seemed like uh i already did what i wanted to on pure heroin so i wanted to do something different and it mm -hmm. seems like more mainstream and just like too clean too 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 something for me that i am not not a fan of, but pure heroin. Like, so whatever there, whatever there was in this this record that kind of attracted you to it was not there. Yeah, the definitely too. not. There was like she kind of had like in a lot of her vocals like this low 
kind of thing. Like, I don't know, I sound like I'm mocking it, but, like, I actually really liked it. And then the newer record of Melodrama from 2017, um, she was more, like, just jumped in headfirst into the, like, mainstream pop swimming pool mm. with a little bit of, like, you know... I, just like a little bit of the same flavor of pure heroin but like it just I don't know man I didn't like it as much a lot of people apparently disagree with me though on the internet huh. so um yeah a lot of people would tell you melodrama is by far the better record um I don't really agree with that though so which one is more like bubblegum pop um probably melodrama is more mm. be- bubblegum pop which I like bubblegum bubblegum pop but like I wouldn't say either of them would be classified as bubblegum pop okay um I just like that term just gum pop I do too it's really fun <laughs> to say but yeah pure heroin is definitely more of like an indie rock slash pop kind of record okay and I really like it man check it out see if you like it you mm. probably won't it's classified as dream pop well, and I mean, electronic I mean we'll see maybe okay I'm sure you'll never listen to it, but if you ever, <laughs> if you ever do, hey, man, it's really good. All right, so the next one I kind of want to go over is something that I know. There's there's a couple things here because there's three records I listed for this band because I couldn't quite pick. So it's a band that I know I'm into. I know not a lot of the rest of people we know are into. And it's a band, it's from, the record's from a band called Coheed and Cambria. Oh, yeah. My initial thoughts was uh, their newest album, Vaxus One, The Unheavenly Creatures. Okay. But the other two they came up with, I kind of classified them the same thing as a double album, was Afterman Ascension and Afterman Dissension. I loved, I fucking loved all these records. I think I'm going to have to give it to... Which is the one that was like, You can't help being all I want That was... Yeah, that was Welcome Home. That was... Yeah. Good Apollo. That was not any of those, was yeah, it? Yeah, no, that wasn't. That was oh, not okay. any of those. Yeah, that was, okay. yeah, that was Good Apollo. Good Apollo would have been. Good Apollo would have been my list, but that came on like 2008. <laughs> yeah, so it's kind of a tie between these two. I think I, I kind of want to give it to Afterman One and Two because I've listened to them a lot. I want to say a lot more than Vaxus One, but basically. The Aftermath, because Coheed, it's a big concept. Aftermath 1 and 2 is kind of detailing the person who discovered their solar the solar system and their concept and uh, him going up to space and being and encountering this energy that is connecting all these planets together, which is powered by all... When you die, your spirit goes and joins this energy called... I think it's uh, called the Keywork, basically. I'm not too much on the... I haven't caught... I, it's been a while since I've talked about... Uh, Amory War stuff, but uh, basically, the guy who found it was encountered this, and a, one of those spirits came through and attached to him, and he had relived this character, this person's entire life. And when wow. he came, and like this guy, the first character person he encountered was a a boxer named Domino, who had had come into conflict with his brother Chess, and basically had ended up getting into some dark dealings. To get out of it, him and his brother basically tried to tried to rob an armored car, and, and, and his brother ended up shot. So, when the 
people or the cops or someone basically just coming to get him, he put a gun in his mouth and blew his brains out. Wow. And so this guy had to relive this person's every moment. And when he came out of it, the spirit came through, like, fucked up his ship and, like, went back into the keywork. So this guy is now stranded in space with a ship that can't go with can't he can't pile the ship and he gets into being trapped outside like inside this broken ship for like six months to a year and like they see his ship exploding from that impact on earth or that on earth whatever planet he came from and so they dismissed him as dead so you get all the you get this story of his wife then going and like grieving and moving on to a point to where she's in a bar and you get there's this neat little like song that's almost like this radio play or like this play of uh, sort of this person who gives her a drink, but inside the uh, drink is the uh, date rape drug. And you get like this monologue of this person who's trying to slip for this drug, kind of going through like plotting to get her back and stuff like that. And this cop stops, like notices this is happening and stops and stops her from drinking it basically. So she ends up like down the road marrying this cop or whatever. And then turns out, uh, this, the character, the guy who was trapped up in space, her ex-husband, Sirius, who they thought was dead, he basically has been up in space studying this, living on the remains of this broken ship, repairing it and studying this, the keywork, this energy that's connecting these planets, and coming in encounter with multiple different spirits, reliving their lives over and over again to the point where he finally manages to fix the ship enough to go home. And they're like, we thought you were dead. What the fuck? So seeing his wife's moved on, everything is, he goes, I'm going back. I want to finish my work. I feel like I have failed you by not listening to Coheed and Cambria. <laughs> like, I really feel like I have failed you because that is incredible. And uh, he goes back up there and, ex- and co- encounters a couple more spirits. Like there's one from the first record about this general who had, uh, I don't remember the exact story, so this part's kind of iffy on... I'm kind of iffy the story was It's like, basically, this general, like, burned down this building filled with uh, sick people. And so you get this perspective of this general who's burning down this building, another person who is one of those people from the building who's trying to help shield Sirius from all these spirits that are trying to, like, come in and take him over and stuff like that. So you get the, you get the perspective of the general who had burned down this building, this patient from the building who's trying to protect him. But then he also encountered on the second record the second half of it the, another spirit that was kind of a kind of like a foot soldier of this general who had killed the general to stop him because he fucking had lost it so all these very tragic tales this dude's just experiencing and reliving their lives while wow. being trapped and like suffering from uh, the lack of oxygen and shit like that <laughs> that's nuts that's one of the craziest like plots i've ever heard explained to me that yeah. makes me really want to listen to it yeah so it's it's really good like double album and it was really cool because it was the return of their original drummer and they had a new bass player come in because their original bass player gotten arrested for trying to rob a walgreens or something like that Wa- do- bro <laughs> you writing songs about motherfuckers in space live in other people's lives but you're also robbing a Walgreens yeah the original bass player had like tried to rob a Walgreens or something got arrested so they got this new bass player who's really he's fucking really good and he's a perfect fit for this band and so basically after that they released another record which was didn't involve like their comic book that Claudio writes the singer yeah and which was still a really good record that was another contender because the emotional standpoints in there 
But then they returned to it with their newest record that just came out, which was Vaxus 1, The Unheavenly Creatures. Which basically take opens up after their main story. So it gets... Sorry, it's, it's going to get a little confusing. So basically, the Aftermath's books take place a couple hundred years or something before their main story. So like their first four records tells the story of a, of a boy named Claudio, who basically it's almost like a... Think of it kind of like a Star Wars in the sense where there's this corrupt leader who's ruling and he ends and this character ends up taking him down. Well, I think one of the things that have happened in his this corrupt leader's plan, he used this energy that was connecting the planets to shift the gravitational pulls, causing several of the planets to collide together. Okay. So now this story, this story that they just released, the newest album, is taking place after those series of events so they have entire planets that are corrupt that are, that are cracked and almost basically lifeless they've turned into prison planets and this story i don't know exactly where they're going because they just released the first part of a five-part story basically it's following it starts it's following the these this gang called the unheavenly creatures which it which involves creature sister spider and I think another person, I think his name is Colossus? I don't know for sure. Basically, they end up locked up... <clears throat> this I don't know much about this story. Basically, what I know is I know they end up locked up on one of these prison planets. And it, however the story is going to progress, it's telling the story of Creature and Sister Spider and how their son, Vaxus, will eventually become the father of the New Age. Okay. In this universe. I don't know, like I said, I don't know much about this newest album and where it's going because we've only had one part of it come out. But basically, it's introducing this person who's going to become this very, like, I don't know how, the kind of like thing to compare him to, but he's basically, as he's described, the father of the new age of this solar, of this, like, galaxy. Wow. Yeah, this sounds serious, dude. Like, <laughs> I never thought Coheed was, like, really that... Like, yeah, Coheed is crazy. I, I mean, I never knew I should is what I should say that Coheed was like that in depth with like you know mm-hmm. being concept albums and telling stories and stuff. Yeah, so that's like I can't choose. So if we're between the two, I'm gonna, right now I'm gonna go with the Afterman because it's the return. Of, it's return of their drummer. It's a very nice return to form of Coheed and kind of just pushing forward. Okay. Um, I'm going to go with, for my next one, Crack the Sky from Mastodon, man. That is a fucking ripper of a record. That song, or, yeah, that song, but also, I mean, just like the record. That's another record. That is, uh, that's a trip, dude. That's that's another record that I can just talk about that concept. It's psychedelic, almost, in a way. It's just, like, musical, like, wow. Like, Mm mm-hmm. It's also a very heavy record. It once is. Once you kind of get into the meaning behind it. Yeah. So basically, for those of you who don't know, Crack the Sky, which we might have, I might have some of these things confused in all these concepts that we're talking about. Crack the Sky has multiple different layered concepts. Mastodon, when they were releasing the records, they started, they had, each record had a theme of an element. Like you had, Remission was fire, Leviathan was water. Uh, Blood Mountain was Earth, and this one was just called those quintessence, or like air, or ether. Ether was the exact term. Yeah. Uh, and then, besides that, 
it was the story of uh it's basically a tribute record to the drummer's sister who had killed herself when they were young and so it's kind of like the story of her and because her name was sky but also on top of that also was the story of a paraplegic who astral projected himself into czarist russia got separated from his body and was like encountered fucking Rasputin and a, like the devil and a bunch of other shit. Yeah, if Chuck <laughs> were still here, he would explain it to us. Yeah, he had rest like, in peace, buddy. Yeah, he had pieced together this whole story, but yeah, it's uh, it is a fucking yeah. Monster. Like I said, it is psychedelic because of how many concepts like just converge together. It's a very stoner metal kind of record. It's very prog um, at the same time. Yeah, it's also very prog. Which, it's the, like the musical version of looking through kaleidoscope. It, it's, it's weird because of the, the fact that Coheed and Mastodon were just touring together, and yeah. Mastodon was playing Crack This Guy from start to finish. Oh, man, yeah. I, I still regret not being able to see that, but, you know, yeah, it is what it is. Yeah, it's a, it's a fantastic record. There are a couple songs on there that are over 10 minutes long. Uh, I honestly think there's a few records that I, songs on that record that I kind of gravitate towards. Like I really like Quintessence, The Last Baron. Yeah, I think say, The Last Baron is something I've been gravitating to more and more. It's like what 13, 14 minutes long. Uh, is it that long? I it, thought it was only about ten, but it's, it's which is pr- still long. It's pretty way. long. It's those weird kind of some of the riffs are very much like almost like carnival music. Yeah. Just because it just goes insane, and but there's kind of like that satisfying feeling once you get in that final stretch where you're like, man, fuck yeah. Yeah. If anyone out there is like, you know what, like, I'm going to listen to Mastodon, uh, yeah, listen to Crack the Sky, and if you find yourself wanting more, I would say the Cold Dark Place EP is one of their best works yeah. as well, and it's yeah. also their most recent, I believe. I say, you can't go wrong with any Mastodon record, but... but... <laughs> Between <clears throat> Crack the Sky, Cold Dark Place, and uh, one that's become my personal favorite recently is Emperor of Sand. Really? See, it's I, such I a solid record. Maybe I'm sleeping on that one. I, you, I think, I think that, you're, you're once sleep- more around in the sun, I wasn't. You're, Wait, Ember Sand has Jaguar God, does yeah, it? Yeah. Oh, yeah, it, that's one of the great Mastodon rec- er, songs, I mean. Yeah, yeah, fuck yeah. it. You're, you really are sleeping on yeah. Emperor of Sand. It basically, it's that return of form to a very big concept record because they, again, had a lot of tragedy struck, basically. The, the whole idea of Emperor of Sand was, uh, and we're kind of getting off topic from Crack the Sky, but Emperor of Sand basically the day is, part of it was Troy's wife had got, diagnosed with cancer so the emperor says like it's basically that thing it's like the, the doctor glass kind of thing <coughs> the doctor coming in and being like you have cancer you have so like you have so long to live yeah and you coming to terms with your life and doing what you want to do so besides that it basically has the story of this i don't this was another one i'm not too sure on of this guy who had been sentenced to death by a sultan or something. Yeah. And he ends up running away into the into the desert and befriends the aspect of death. And him and death go on an adventure together. 
I need to listen. <laughs> That's basically how I understand like the story of that. Anyway, record. though, Crack the Sky, <laughs> which is on the top ten here. Um, I don't know, man. Do you think I'm wrong to put that as no. the top ten? Because I don't think there's another Mastodon record that really touches like the point that Crack the Sky does, man. It just it fucking transcends like. This sounds so high, dude. Like, this literally sounds like I just smoked a bowl and started talking about Crack the Sky. But, like, Crack the Sky, like, transcends music. Okay? I'm just gonna say it. Crack the Sky transcends music. Like, it, when I listen if, to it, sometimes I'm like, what even is life? Like, I just, can, I love it. If, if you want to listen to it, listen to it. If you, there's also, if you can find it, there is a series of, like, movies they made to go along with a tour they did. Yeah. That if you could find that, absolutely listen. Like, watch that. Yeah. It's very... It's you know, it's a nice experience. Definitely yeah. a record you want to listen to from start to I remember to <laughs> falling asleep at your house. Like, just watching the, like, weird background of their <laughs> live performance while they played this album. And I was like... Wow, this is what <laughs> drugs feel like, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it's definitely got that feeling on you. It's, yeah, it's awesome though, dude. It's really awesome. Yeah, it's definitely a very creative record and a very good record. It's. I feel like that's what boomers feel like. Boomers are this way about Pink Floyd, probably. <laughs> and probably. then, like, I sit here and I listen to like Pink Floyd, and like, they fucking suck, dude. <laughs> and you listen to Master, you're like, oh yeah. Yeah, we're going Mastodon is that good shit. We're going going on an adventure now. No, what is the Pink Floyd... Like, okay, I don't actually hate Pink Floyd, but there is one song that I, like, just despise, dude. The Wall? The Brigade Wall? Oh, wait, is that the one where it's like, Hey, did you... Yeah. Leave those kids alone. Yeah, that's another dude. Wall. That song is so bad. It's so bad, dude. It's so <laughs> bad. <laughs> like, okay, so like, wish you were here. Great song. You know, there's some stuff on Division Bell that I like too. Like, I'm not gonna pretend Comfort- like I've listened. Comfort- to it. I comfortably I numb. Comfortably yeah. Numb. I was but just watching, the, uh, there's like the another brick in the wall, and I'm like, what the fuck before, is this guy? When you walked in, I had that Sons of Apollo video playing before that. Yeah. I was watching Sons of Apollo cover comfortably enough really and portnoy was singing yeah. it oh, okay i mean yeah there's some like good pink floyd stuff but that song in particular i was just always like what a fucking joke dude yeah i think i prefer like dark side of the moon yeah. and shit like that yeah. over like the wall but that's just me my it's my opinion you might Yuck. not agree with it yeah that's that's just me it's like when you get something yucky on your tongue you just gotta like <laughs> just scrape it off of your it. tongue you know? it. yeah all right that's how i feel about the wall so we're coming down the nitty gritty. Okay. All right. Hit so me with it. The next one I'm going to bring up is a band that I know I enjoy that I can't seem to get you into. The Black Dahlia Murder? Would that be what you're referring yes. to? Yeah. Which I'm just going to have to drag you to a live show. Maybe that'll do it. I think that would do it because that made me like Three Days Grace or at least made me think I liked Three Days Grace. Okay. So <laughs> it's The Black Dahlia Murder. It's an album called Ritual. It's... Basically, how I can sum it up, it's in the sense, it's not a concept record, but each song is based off of a ritual, so to speak. Okay. So, take 
The first song on the record, I'm just going to pull it up here so I can just reference each song on here because I, I know it, but I'm not, you know, I'm not intelligent by any means necessary. And so basically, uh, this album is basically, everything is themed off of a, a ritual, and for some reason I can't just... Uh, I'm assuming you're about to hit me with some examples. Would that be correct? Yes, yes. So basically... Like a ritual, like what kind of a ritual? Like brushing your teeth every day, or like no, like so, sacrificing a virgin. Okay, so the first song is a song called a celebration, a shrine. Oh, it's called a shrine to madness. Okay. Or otherwise, it's a ritual of celebration. The whole the song is about Halloween. Okay, I and like it the celebration already. of like Hallow's Eve and the idea of Sam Hain and stuff like that. So. Like, one of the lyrics of the song is, Return the Jack-O-Lantern's Smile. Okay. So, that whole song is about, like, this is, like... What does that mean? Celebration. It's just about Halloween. Okay. The second song, Moonlight Equilibrium, is is called, the, is also referred to as the Ritual of Transformation. See, okay. Let me stop you right here. Because this is why I don't like Black Dahlia Murder. It's why I understand that people do. Okay? It's like... Their first song is about Halloween. And then it's like, they're like continuing on the Halloween thing. And then it's like, but then you rip out their fucking heads and you can't eat their entrails. And then I'm just like, oh, okay. That's not a lot what the second song is about. The second song is. Okay, tell me. It's about lycanthropy. Werewolves? Yeah. And it's not about ri- ripping and eating people's entrails? No, it's just all about the okay. transforming from a man transforming into a werewolf. Okay. Uh, on stirring seas assaulted blood, the ritual of uh, condemnation is about a ghost ship. And that's fucking that's, awesome. That's piloted by that's ran by these skeletons whose blood whose bones are stained red by blood, and they basically just sail the seas, searching for peace. That's so metal, my guy. Some of these I don't know all of the stuff. I know some of them get pretty fucked up. Because it's it is death metal. Yeah, it's black uh, value murder. The, the fifth song on there is called "The Window." Basically, this is about a French serial killer named Gilderay, who would kill children, rape them, eat them, and bathe in their blood. Isn't there like I also that's in the Fate series? Yeah, yes, Gilderay is in the Fate series. Oh wow, that's messed up. Dude. Yeah, because he thought if he would like internal youth or something like that from doing it. Huh, okay. Uh, At least he had a motivation on yeah. <laughs> Carbonized and cruciform. Really. Carbonized cruciform, the ritual of conjuration, is about a group, a cult, recreating the crucifixion. Okay. In order to summon demons. Or like the oh, Antichrist. Okay. At first, I thought you said carbonite. In no, cruciform. it says carbonized in okay. cruciform. And I was like, a Star Wars ritual. Nice. Yeah. But, okay, I see what you mean. Uh, then, Den of the Pickerist is basically about a serial killer who would like basically kill people and like use their body parts and flesh to like make art. Sta- art, yeah. Like Pikmin. Yeah, ba- yeah, basically. Uh, some of these, like I said, I'm not too sure on. Like Malenchant and the Necrosphere, I'm not too sure on what that is. The Grave Robber's work is about robbing graves. Uh, the Raven. I'm not too sure what the raven is about ritual wise. Uh, the great burning nullifier, a ritual of emancipation. It's about getting high, dude. 
Literally in the it's middle of the solo, ritual. in the middle of the solo, you can just hear them fucking hey, ripping a bong right in the fucking recording. Okay. And the final song of the record is a song called Blood and the Ink, or The Ritual of Indoctrination. I mean, the best way to set it up is the opening lyrics, which is, Go and get the gun, the one the family's hiding from. Sleeping in the dresser drawer, pull its trigger, I implore. Shoot your parents, then yourself. Push your life right off the shelf. Die for metal, leave this hell. That's the most metal thing ever. <laughs> It's the most metal thing I've ever heard in my life. Yeah, so each each song has like kind of like that theme of like a ritual happening. And this one is basically giving your soul into some of the greater evils in life. Wow. Okay, look, maybe I will. You'll have to like send me your list, you know, <laughs> and then like I'll. I have a lot of listening to do, okay? Because like I definitely want to hear this Coheed thing, but I also really want to hear the Lana Del Rey record Norman fucking Rockwell I haven't gotten to listen to that yet or the new Charlie XCX which is apparently very good too yeah, so, so I got a lot to listen to because I think you just named rattled off a few that I was like I'm gonna have to listen to that dude <laughs> how many got left I have five left I have four left okay so that means you had like a top nine Right? No. No, I had a couple albums in there. Not necessarily, because I know at least one of mine was yeah, we've had a some duplicate of, the, we, of yours. Yeah, we've had some of the same. So, so who knows? We're going to keep going. Who knows? My next one is going to be another poppy kind of record. It's going to mm. be Art Angels by Grimes. And that's only because the Quite. other one that came before this, while it had some songs that I think are better, it all like is another one where I didn't listen to the whole thing front to back, and I also really liked Art Angels. So I like how we've gone from straight... We, we, we have taken a musical adventure from songs about people killing their own parents for the sake of, like, Belial and shit to... Pop. Yeah, pop. Uh... <laughs> Grimes is the girlfriend of Elon Musk currently <laughs> at the time of recording this. Uh, currently. Uh, she is awesome, dude. I liked Elon Musk and I liked Grimes. And then when they got together, I was like, I still like them both. <laughs> um, track number one is like laughing and not being normal. It's whack, dude. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I almost don't recommend that. But then like you got songs like California flesh without blood belly of the beat kill v main there's like so many that is just like banger 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 it's an electro yeah, this, pop. This, this, this sounds like a death metal album it's it's a synth <laughs> flesh without synth blood pop, art pop dance is what this is being labeled as i don't know all i know is that it's some sort of pop i would say like electro pop it's really good i love it there's not much more to say about it but yeah you're right. It does sound like a flesh without blood. Kill v mame. It sounds right. like a death metal record. Um, yeah, I would say definitely though. Uh, kill v mame and probably World Princess Part Two, and then Venus Fly. Check mm -hmm. those out. And then that's all I'm going to say about that. Just to save some time, the album really speaks for itself. Love it. Okay. So top ten, top ten for sure. So there's there's another one which I want to bring up because I didn't think about it until just now. And I don't know okay. if I've showed it to you yet, but it's a band called Serpentine Dominion. 
Never heard of it. And it, the record, I believe, is just called Serpentine Dominion. It is a super group between uh, the one of the old drummers of the Black Dahlia Murder, Shannon Lucas, the guitar player of Killswitch Engage, Adam D, and the singer of Cannibal Corpse, Corpse Grinder. It is this beautiful mash of melodic death metal, and all the lyrics are written by Jesse of Killswitch Engage. It's wonderful. Like, it combines the finer points of death metal with, like, that super melodic Killswitch Engage thing. So you have... Killswitch is awesome. Corpse Grinder doing, you know, his, his vocals that are unmistakable. But you also have Adam D playing guitar and singing a lot of... Singing a good portion of the songs in there as well. That's pretty cool. Yeah, it's really it's a really nice blend of for melodic death metal. But uh, the next album I want to bring up it's also a twofer because there are two albums. It's between the Barriamies, Parallax. Uh, one part one is called Hypersleep Dialogues, and part two is called Future Sequence. Basically, it's another like prog melodic death metal record. And this is a very weird, confusing concept record where they had some, like, a song and a couple of records were part of it. And they did these two. Basically, the story is, uh, it's, it's really confusing and I haven't figured it out completely. But it starts off with a song called Goodbye to Everything, which has one of the main characters sitting in, sit, like, slaying down, waiting for his planet to collide with the sun. So basically, that's the ending of the story is where it starts off with, is a character waiting for his planet to collide with the sun and wipe out all life. So you're getting this journey of these characters kind of uh, going through their lives and these like kind of like parallel realities to come to terms with their own demise. It's... Wow. Wow. Yeah, it's okay. re- it's really weird, and I I don't have all the details all together. Like I pull it up just to kind of re- refresh myself here, but yeah, it's very much like uh, there's no way we can save ourselves. But how do I now come to grips with my own existence? Kind of reminds me of Acid Rain, almost in a way. Yeah, then, yeah, very, very, sunfold. yeah, very much like that. Kinda like. This is just going to happen. What do we do now? Yeah, but it also has a lot yeah. of stuff with like parallel realities and different worlds. And I think I think actually it's two people, it follows two people on the same parallel of the same world going, like, who have managed to like notice each other from their different realities and who are studying each other's lives as these events are happening in their world simultaneously. Wow, dude. <laughs> That, like, is really thought-provoking. Yeah. Makes the gears in my head really turn. <laughs> I like it. Yeah, so that's uh, definitely... It's worth a listen to. It gives me, like, ideas for, like, stuff, you know? Yeah, I've... It's like, I, that's some straight inspiration right there, bro. I haven't listened to everything when it comes to this story, but I've listened to The Parallax 2 a lot. It's a fucking really solid, solid record. And I recommend it. I especially love the song "The Black Box." Okay. Because there's a there isn't all screaming and death metal and blast beats, although it does have that. Uh, Sil- uh, Silent Flight Parliament's another good one. Extremophile Elite. There's a song called Bloom. I think it's called. I think it's in Bloom. And basically, there's a part where it goes kind of like 
surf. Like think of like surf, surf rock. rock it gets awesome. very like surf. Beach boys. Yeah, like it gets it's like super heavy, and then like it goes in this riff, and they're like, bah, 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 bah. like it's dude. It, I love it, the Beach it, Boys. It, actually, it literally goes fucking Beach Boys. I like the Beach Boys. It's fantastic. Like, NGL there, broski, as the kids would say. Yeah, listen, wow, yeah, you, you, you can't go wrong listening to Parallax 2. Okay. Uh, I'm being serious, though. Send me your whole list. <laughs> I am deleting mine. As I've been deleting along, mine. So this is just fucking perfect, right? I, I can I can easily. Are there any stuff. that you want me to send you that have piqued your interest even I mean, you can, see, you, can, I know, you can send me all of them. I know. I, I know will, that you're not going to listen to the pop ones. I will. The thing, and get, you probably uh, already listened to all the metal ones. So. I will get to them. Okay. That's um, a promise. Number next, my guy, is a little record I call... I think everybody calls it this. It's called Wrath by Lamb of God. Yeah, I think Dude, I believe that's um, its only name. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you could call it the Red Album? Maybe You probably could call it the Red Album, actually. But Wrath by Lamb of God is maybe the best Lamb of God album Ashes of the Wake, ever. eat your fucking heart out. Um, Dude, Ashes of the Wake... Yeah. I mean, that's another really good I, I, I prefer Wrath over Ashes of the Wake. I prefer Wrath over Ashes of the Wake, but that's not to say that Ashes of the, rake, the Wake... The, I mean, the I wake, also prefer flake. As the Palaces Burn over, over Ashes of the Wake. Dude, me too! Okay, I think Ashes of the Wake is definitely, like, their most mainstream, like, was their most famous kind of, like... What do you call it? That's their... It's where you kind of, like, just they, they put their foot on the map. Yeah, it's what put them on the map. It's their... It's got laid to rest. That's why I was in Guitar Hero. Their, yeah, stay gold pony boy kind of fucking shit to it. It's a great yeah. record, don't get me wrong. I mean, like, every fucking song in Ashes of the Wake is basically awesome. But you're right. I like Alice the Palace's Burn, and even better than that, though, I like Wrath. Okay? Yeah, Wrath is fantastic. It's just got so much more groove it's just got so much more. It's just got. I love it. And then the very last track on that record, what is it? Reclamation, mm-hmm. with like the just weirdly tuned acoustic guitar. Mm-hmm. It's literally about the world just killing everybody because the planet has been so polluted and stuff, which is like. I don't know. Probably some really weird, like, green party shit. It's like some Gojira shit. Yeah, I don't know. It is some Gojira shit. You're right. It's kind of like some weird, like, hippie concept, but also metal at the same time. I don't know. It's just a good tune, though, in general. No matter yeah. what you think about it. Um, What else is really good on there? I mean, the fact that it's one of the... It's de- Contractor was another amazing song that I always think... To listen to it's also this record that uh basically the drummer had redefined it like redone his like style of drumming because he did it focused a lot on like his feet and triplets and stuff yeah. like that that's when he did a lot of like a lot of work with his hands yeah that was a lot busier yeah well i mean his pedals have always been just like yeah what he can do with his fucking feet is insane in your words was fantastic. Caught dead, in your words, dead, dead seeds. Yeah, dead seeds. Dead seeds very deep. Yeah, I think Grace is kind of a slept-on song. Yeah, personally. Um, then fucking was it Contractor that was like a Contractor? Wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. yeah it's definitely. <laughs> definitely it literally got those starts off with like some shit like that. It's like Ew! Yeah, it's good. I would. I, 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 there's nothing more I can really say. Like it's it's basically it's Lamb of God. There's nothing too crazy on there. It's very much Lamb of God. I think he. I think the thing to point out about this record is that the riffs are more groovy than probably ever Set before. Set to fail. And then there's also the most like he just has like this such like fucking deep screams like guttural vocals on some points I don't think he'd ever reached before previously yeah I know like the give it fucking Jane yeah it's just like so I can't even do it Randy's like, also a master at lyrics yeah. like he's got this way about like especially just having one liners that stand out yeah he does like fucking really uh, like one of the lines I think it's from I know it's from the, the off resolution I don't know what song it is but like sometimes like a uh, like a uh Resolution almost made it, but I was like, "Ah, oh, uh, the fuck!" Bro. I think it was like a blind junkie with a lightning rod. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, "That's such yeah. a fucking cool line." Yeah. Oh, uh, what was that uh, song? Ghost walking. Ghost walking. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, there was some really, really good tracks on that record, and there was also a lot of tracks on that record, which yeah. is what made that had... one of my favorites. But I still like rap. I was, I was listening. I was listening to King Me the other day. It's a great song, dude. Yeah. It's a great song. Yeah. Lamb of God was uh, definitely not a band to be fucked with. And I would say they're probably still not, but to a lesser degree. So but that's just my two cents. I'm just not going to bring this up. something I, I didn't add, but I should have. So I'm going to bring this up now. It's a lovely little band called Meshuga. Oh, fuck, dude. Yeah. The album is Coloss. Okay. I I naturally wanted to bring up the uh, the new one, the Violent Sleep of Reason, but I'm like, man, I've listened to Colossus a lot more, and it would be Obzin, but Obzin was 2008. Oh yeah, yeah, Obzin it was, was so Coloss, which was their album before the newest one. Basically, Mashuga is a Swedish technical death metal band, is what I want to say, the progressive. They uh, invented gent. Okay, yeah. let's not fucking tiptoe around what they are. <laughs> they invented gent. But you have some really crazy songs in here, like Demiurge, Break Those oh, yeah. Bones, Whose Sinews Gave It Motion. Demiurge, yeah. There's just a lot of moments where it's like they play eight down-tuned eight-string guitars. <laughs> they play them like they're percussive <laughs> instruments. Yeah, I don't even know what the fuck is going and on. And there's just them. kind of the moments where you just want to sit there, stop, and just fucking full-bodied headbang. Just yeah, you want, to bet, you want to headbang from your waist is what they make you want to do. The song yeah. The Demon's Name is Surveillance is like five minutes of that double. He, basically, the drummer doesn't stop playing double bass that entire song song five minutes straight he's just have you ever listened to bill burr talk about when he went to a yeah. sugar concert yeah that's then, like that's so funny do dude. not look down as another groovy fucking yes. nightmare yes yeah there's just this is a, a fucking solid record from oh, start to finish the sugar is so good you're right man i forgot about that record but like again it's not one that i was like super super familiar with just yeah because like, like obzin was one i listened to a lot more but obzin doesn't quite for me dude you know what it was is nothing oh yeah i don't that might have been their first record i'm not like meshuggah's biggest fan or anything. yeah uh but i really like them and nothing i just remember as like listen to the first song on that record and i was like damn that's good I think, Rational Gaze. Song. I think Get Rational Gaze is on that record. I think so, too. Rational Gaze is wonderful. I'm pretty sure it is. And then the second song I listened to, I'm like, damn, that's really good, too. 
And then the third song, I'm like, fuck, man, that's a good song. And then, like, I just literally did that until every song on the record played through. And I was like, wow, I said that's a good fucking song to every one of those. So, the other it's definitely should be on the list, but uh, I got what's another one that I kind of want to bring up because I, I know it's one I know I'm a bit more familiar with than you, than you are. It's an album called Eremita by Ishan. Yeah. Ishan being the singer slash guitar player of Emperor, a legendary Norwegian black slash death metal band. Uh, he's done a lot of solo stuff lately, which is goes more along the lines of uh, Prague or like it's it's weird and out there. And Eremita is wonderful because you add, you get a lot of saxophone in weird moments. Huh, okay. It's a very out there thing. There's a song featuring Devin Townsend, which is uh, wonderful. It all makes sense. Well, I originally discovered Ishan through Matt Hafey. Really? Yeah, okay. because Matt is a big fan of Emperor and Ishan, and Ishan actually, uh, the song in the album Silence, uh, Silence in the Snow, mm-hmm. the first song of the record, Snowfall, was written by Ishan. Okay. Yeah, he wrote that for Trivium. Silence in the Snow. And he's also helped, He's also working with Matt on his uh, new black metal record that Matt's been working on. Oh, I forgot about that, dude. Yeah, so Eremita's... It's, Can't wait to hear Matt heavy black metal. It's really... I don't know, there's something weird wonderful about Eremita because Ishan's a uh, band that he that he plays with that fill out the rest of his uh, solo outfit is all those members of the band called Leprous and Leprous is fucking wonderful like I have like it's really 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 hard to try and explain with words how Eremita is it's just it's an album worth listening to Alright, you're just gonna have to, dude, like, put all those songs, all those albums back on there and send me a screenshot. <laughs> Alright, because, I mean, every single one of these, you're like, making me just go, like, damn, dude, I really should listen to that. <laughs> yeah, so, I got a couple more. This One of these is, uh, like, I'm not sure, because it's between this and something else. But uh, another one of these, it's like, I don't have a lot to say about it. It's just a good album that was very special to me when it came out. Okay. So, do you want to continue, or me to continue? No, go ahead. I mean, right. you can't give us an introduction like that and be like, oh, I have another really good one, but go ahead. So, no, the, the one that's kind of like, I don't have much to say about it. It's a very basic album. It's from a band called The Damn Things, or The Damn Things Look Fucked Up on Paper, which is a super group of the drummer and guitar player Fallout Boy, the guitar player, one of the guitar players of Anthrax, the singer of Every Time I Die, and the bass player of Alkaline Trio. Hmm. So, hence the name. The damn things look fucked up on paper. That does look fucked up on paper. You're right. But it's a album called Ironoclast. It's, I don't know, it's just like this nice rock slash metal album. You get the drummer Fallout Boy doing a lot of fucking double bass and crazy shit. It's fun. It's like, it's it's got the Every Time I Die vocalist, so it's got some weird vocal patterns and things in there. But it's just a nice, fun rock slash metal record. Okay. Yeah. That's God not that, that's not something I throw out there often. It's it's just fun. <laughs> hey, there's this great band and it's got Fallout Boy in it. Words <laughs> I never thought I would hear from Trevor. Like it's one of the reasons like Fallout Boy broke up. This album came out. I'm like, oh man, this is awesome. And then like Fallout Boy's getting back to them. I'm like, fuck, I want the damn things. Yeah. I don't want Fallout Boy. I want the damn things. Well, I don't think Fallout Boy is a thing anymore. I think they still are. I think they still are a thing. Which could be wrong. I like some Fallout. Oh Boy. wait, maybe they are. 
Yeah, but I like some Fall Out Boy. Did they but like they're... break up and then like get back together and then like know. broke up and then got back together. I don't know. What back to the internet. Let's blinding anymore. white our skin. They used to like make fun of Amato for liking Fall Out Boy when he didn't even like Fall Out Boy. <laughs> like Fall we Out made Boy. fun of him for liking something that he didn't even like. I think I think came out album last year. Yeah. Believe it or not, yeah, the bass, the, dr- the drummer who was in uh, the damn thing. It was. Also, it was this record that I was thinking of. I think American Beauty, American Psycho. Yeah, Dude, click that's... on it. Where's the Where's the fucking song that I'm thinking of? Go to their track listing. Oh, the fucking Uma Thurman song. God damn, dude, that song dude, was. Those just songs are terrible. Like terrible. Hurt. Yeah. Like I haven't listened to Fall Out Boy in years, it's but like, if I'm going to, I'm gonna listen to like the first. The thing three about or four. them is like sometimes they just have something, and it's like, wow, that's really catchy, but I fucking hate it. Like, <laughs> I fucking hate it. It's like I would rather listen to the stupid fucking. Uh, <laughs> Call me maybe. Like I'd rather hear that shit than like Fall Out Boy, you know? <laughs> like. The fucking call, call me maybe Carly. <coughs> Carly does she Ray still Jepsen. make music? I think she does make music still, but I don't think okay. she's made anything relevant since Call Me Maybe, which was uh, maybe she had one or two things. I don't know if I'm spelling this right. Nope, that's Carly R A E. Yeah, dude. Okay, so she had Call Me Maybe, and then like, all I know is like, dude, she just put out an album this year. Thirty. Four years old, and she like makes songs that like seem like a okay. Well, that one came on what 2008, so that was oh, uh, no, I think wasn't it 2012 when that came out? No, 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 call me maybe. It's not on this, right? No, no, I don't know what this dude. What if this first album that she came out with, like that no one's ever heard of, what if it was like really good? It's a secret, it's a look. It's there, it is, call me maybe. So it came out in 2012, so that was like, so she was like in her almost 30s. When that came yeah, out. she was like 30 years old, dude, when that came out. And also, I remember people being like, dude, Taylor Swift and Adele are the same age. <laughs> <laughs> and for me, that that like made my mind go like, holy, like the, the Jackie Chan, like my mind is full of fuck. You know what I'm talking about? That old meme. Wait, 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 wait. Let's let's stop. My let's both look at the fun. camera. Let's yeah. both do it so Dalton can have a screenshot. <laughs> Perfect. We just made a thumbnail we in our video on go. purpose. Thumbnail. No, but I was like, Taylor Swift is like, you broke my heart because you're a mean boy. And then like... Adele is like, I don't know, she's singing some other shit that's not as fucking vapid and immature as that, so whatever. <laughs> Usually with like a piano or something, and then Chester filming like a park. <laughs> Rolling in the deep. Yeah, he covered that song one time live. Yeah, it's it, really it was weird. Really, it was really good. It was good, but good. weird. Well, I unexpected. I think I've listened to that more than the original. Yeah. Let's be real. I, I think Adele is worthy of respect and praise. I like Adele enough to... Not listen to her, but, like, tolerate her and somewhat enjoy it when it's on. All right. What else you got? I got a little thing called Collection 2 by Allie X, which I stumbled across um, last year when I... Yeah, because it was, like, right before I moved out of that apartment with John. Mm-hmm. 
And, um, dude, I don't know. I don't know about this one, man. Uh, it's, it's got something that I really like. Yeah. And I can't put my finger on it. I think it's got, like, this really, like, there's something really electronic, like, about it. Um, dude, I don't know. Okay, so it's, they call it on Wikipedia synth pop and indie okay. pop. It's only 35-minute record, although maybe it's considered an EP. I'm not sure. No, it's a studio album. Whatever. Um, dude, I don't know. Like, it's just another one of those where, like, back to front, I'm like, this is just good pop music. I mean, there's not a single song on here that I'm mm-hmm. like, you know, I I would skip over this. I used to listen to this actually very free, frequently front to back. Okay. And liked it more and more every time I heard it. Um, I would say definitely point you to Casanova, especially the one that features some other girl. I don't remember. Uh, like, the music video actually has, like, a guest feature on it, but, like, the album itself doesn't. <laughs> so only the music video has a guest. Yeah, but, like, her her part of the song is really good in the music video and everything. Like, they're both good versions. Like, don't get me wrong. Uh, Lifton. That almost reminds me of, uh, there was a song that came out back in the day. It's some stupid... God, I can't even remember the name of it. It's, it's some stupid song about, like, about fucking strippers. It's, like, some rock song. But, like, one, there are, like, three different versions of it. Or, like, two, maybe. One version featured Chad Kroger of Nickelback and Ludacris. What? And the other version featured Zach Wilde. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm like, Is this, like, Steel Panther or something that you're talking about? But it's like, like, I'm just like, what the fuck? How does Chad Kroger? Why can't you just mix the two together? But then also, here's Zach Wilde on another, another version. Like, why don't you? Why can't you just make one version with both Chad Kroger, Ludacris, and Zach Wilde? You will then have the greatest song of all time. Why? Because you have Chad Kroger, Ludacris, and Zach Wilde on the that same. That's just song. such a hodgepodge of bullshit. Like, I don't know how to feel about that. Um, anyway, there's a great song that, or I think is, it's called Lifted. It's about getting high or something. I don't know. It's just a good song. Uh, you know, there's, we're just going to stay here laughing about Chad Kroger and Zach Wilde being on the same song with Ludacris. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I apologize for my actions. Um, you know, that's, all I'm going to say is that it's just got like this really ear candy. That's. It, dude it's like this like electronic synth pop just ear candy you listen to it and you're like wow the bass just sounds so good in this song and her voice somehow matches it really well even though it isn't anything all that special i don't know it's just like dude it's like one of the most fucking perfect pop albums i've ever heard Interesting. so yeah lax dude i don't know how i really don't know how she's not like more mainstream because, like, her songs are just so fucking goddamn catchy, dude. I'm like, shit, dude. Okay. Um, that's Collection 2. Yeah. Um, do you have any left, or did you talk about all yours? Uh, I got one that was kind of either this or that, but it was... Uh, Go ahead and do it, because I got two. It was Devin Townsend's... Tra- it was either Transcendence or Empath. Okay. I want to go with, like, I really fucking love Empath. It's Empath, a, it's yeah. A, it's a perfect fucking record. It's got everything from, like, death metal. Cats meowing. To death metal, to cats meowing, Literally. to 
show tunes to Disney musicals. Mm -hmm. It's a fucking trip. I've heard it. It is very diverse. Yeah. I would agree with that. Um, But especially the fact that a cat is featured on this album <laughs> is what times. really gets me. It several really gets times. me, dude. Several times. It's Genesis, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Genesis, there's another song right after that has it. But then uh, Transcendence is a bit more controlled of a record. It's more... It's, it's fucking... It's prog nerd rock. Hmm. What is it's nerd rock? I th- think it's really interesting that you just used the word controlled with Devin Townsend like being the <laughs> subject. Because I think that guy is completely fucking out of control. The fact that Empath is completely out of control. Um, That is like, you know, like, he already is like that kid with, like, the veins popping out of his head in ADHD. Okay, that's already Devin Townsend's music. But then it's like, hey, let's, like, fucking stick this needle of high fructose corn syrup (laughs) right into his bloodstream. And then he's like... Yes! He becomes like the crackhead kid from Vine. Remember where like he throws the fucking basketball against the kid's head and he's like, Yeah! <laughs> you know what I'm talking about, right? That is Devin Townsend on this record. And it's actually kind of... I like to listen to it. Cameron hates it. And I was like, you know what, dude? I respect the fact that you hate it. Because any sane person should. Every sane person would every, not like the, Every sane I mean, person should. He closes it with like a 35 minute long song. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, like most people, like anybody that's normal or mentally stable would listen to this and be like, what the fuck is this bullshit? But it's like, you just, you gotta have the right kind of mindset to really get to heaven. <laughs> yeah, but once you kind of like get into it, you're like, man, this dude's a fucking genius. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, he literally, there's a song, there's a song in the middle of the record called Why. It is literally, it's all piano, and like, it's like a Disney show tune, and then for some reason, in the middle of the song, the music doesn't change, he just starts doing death, like, guttural vocal, like, guttural death metal screams. What's the other song I really liked where there's like, you showed me, I don't think it's on this record, though, but you showed me it a long time ago, and... It's got, like, the fucking clouds, and, like, there's, like, literally, like, dancing, like, Disney-looking characters or something on it. Uh, I don't oh, know. Oh, gosh, dang it, dude. We'll have to, we'll have to look for we'll, it. Yeah, we'll look it up, and I know that we'll find it. Actually, I could probably find it right now, because I think it's one of his most popular <laughs> Devin Townsend songs. is such, like, a trip. Dude, that guy is, like, he is... He's done. He's mother. done everything under the sun, and he just continue, like he doesn't like to be constrained. He's, he's so talented, though. Like as goofy and shit as he really is, like you have to admit, every time like, you hear that guy sing, you're like, wow, he's really good singer. Every time he plays the guitar, you're like, wow, this guy knows how to play the guitar really it's well. Like, and then when you watch him do both those things together, like man, what he's doing is actually really advanced stuff, yeah. but. He just he, uses he it. He does for it evil. so effortlessly. <laughs> like the dude doesn't even look like he's struggling. He just kind of just does it. Like I remember like those uh like the music coaches react or whatever. Every one of them is just like, man, yeah. it just doesn't really it doesn't really like seem like it's all that hard for him to do it. And I do have to say he did 
there are clips from his most recent tour playing the Empath record, where he's performed the entire show in a tutu. Oh wait, there's a there's March of the Poozers where it's got. I like might the, have been that actually. That one? Right there, March of the Poozers. I know it was a live version I was watching. Yeah, though, it's it probably yeah, it's probably it's yeah, it's, it's probably March fuck. of the Poozers. Yeah, they're not clouds. They're little alien yeah ball sacks. Yes, alien ball sacks. That's what it was. And like that um, <laughs> that riff is just. A, it's yes. fucking ridiculous. That's the one. Yeah, That's the one it's I'm talking about. It's ridiculously heavy. And like Kevin he has Townsend the, he has like... the smoke machine built yeah. into his guitar. Yeah, yeah. yeah this is not... Devin Townsend. He's like South Park, but like metal music. And and like, like, I don't know. I remember seeing really him live, weird. and every time I watch him, really him live, every time he plays a certain song, he goes, You know, I may be a fucking nerd. But I'm no pussy. And he just slams into some fucking Yeah, he always, metal. like, opens up with some weird shit. Like, hey, my name is Devin Townsend, and I have crippling anxiety, but here I am <laughs> giving you another song or something like that, you know? Like, like another, I don't know. Another thing when I was, like, saw him live, like, he did this acoustic portion. He's, like, he's playing his, I smell the marijuana. I would ask to partake, but I would have a psychotic episode, so I'll pass. Where, like, all the dudes in the pit, like, when he was playing this acoustic, were, like, hugging each other, like, swaying back and forth. And he goes, what the fuck is this shit? And he goes, no, 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 no. Like, and they started, they started breaking apart. He goes, no, don't stop. Everyone, hug. Hug them. Everyone, group hug. Everyone, do that. Do that, right now. Just because I said, what the fuck is this shit, didn't mean I wanted it to stop. The okay. dude is one of the funniest fucking people. Uh, he really is. There's no denying that. The like, guy's like a comedian with like a there's, symphony. He's, I don't remember like which uh, like know. which video it was, but there was time he go like he basically goes like started played a played a song and he's like talking to the crowd. He's like, "Hi, my name is Devin Townsend, and I suck cock and smoke crack backstage." <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I'm going to go to my next album now. <laughs> All right. Okay. Cool. Take us the home, next Joe. one is Ultra Violence <laughs> by Lana Del Rey. Yeah. It's a way to fucking follow that. And uh, it's a really good record. I don't even know. Like, after we just had that conversation, I don't even know what to say. <laughs> I'm just gonna look up Ultraviolence now and hope that like remembering some of the songs because Davin Townsend has short circuited my it's, it's fucking short term memory. Is Cherry Cola on this song? This no, uh, I don't remember that song. That is called. from Born to Die. Yeah, my pussy tastes like Pepsi Cola. My eyes are wide like cherry pies. Yeah, I don't remember what songs are on this record. Uh, this one. I'm just gonna start shouting out random word ones. with Grimes. Florida Kilos? No, is that the previous record? Yes, Florida Kilos is a bonus track on this, and I love it. <laughs> mm. Fuck yeah. Um, so yeah, this has... Uh, dude, Cruel World is the first track. Great song to start off. Ultraviolence, great song. Shades of Cool, great song. Brooklyn Baby, great song. West Coast, great song. First five songs are probably the best on here. And then uh, you also have classics like Fucked My Way Up to the Top and uh, The Other Woman. But yeah, um, I would say the Florida Kilos is probably the best song. And unfortunately, it is a deluxe edition bonus track, which caused me to buy this album and then realize that that wasn't on here and then rebuy the album with the deluxe edition. (laughs) 
I literally bought it twice because I was that dead set on having fucking Florida kilos able to be played on my CD player in my car. You're like, I just want this one fucking song. Um, I love Ultraviolence. It is probably my favorite Lana record as of yet. And again, haven't listened to the new one, so just hold your horses on that, okay? But yeah, Ultraviolence is very good. There's a couple really good songs, though, on her first one, too. Um, And then my last song, or uh, my last album, dude, of the decade, bro? Okay. Dude, it's the stage. Obviously. Dude, it's the stage. Okay, Avenged Sevenfold. I think this is uh, a top three Avenged Sevenfold record, probably unpopular opinion. I bet we would get a lot of City of Evils. Mm -hmm. You'd be correct, you folks. I bet we'd get a lot of Nightmares. You would not be correct, but I thank you for having an opinion anyway. Um, it would be wrong for me to have, uh, since when we were coming up with our list, I purposely avoided certain bands or albums just because I knew they were already going to be they were gonna be on your list. That's that way fine. we could have a broader spectrum of stuff the to talk stage, about. The stage, I mentioned that last because it is my favorite of the decade. And I think we've already, I think we have talked about an hour on just we've the stage We've talked alone. about the stage so much <laughs> that if you want to hear me talk about Avenged Sevenfold or Trevor talk about Avenged Sevenfold or both of us, we have probably four hours of content talking about just that. And yes, I will briefly touch on the stage. Go ahead. It's just a great concept record that's about intelligence. Um... I don't know. It may take a couple listens to really get into because that's how it was for me. It's nothing that I was like, oh, I hate this. But I was like, I'm not sure how to feel. Then I listened to it a few times and I was like, oh, this is like literally almost untouchable. It's really its own thing. And if you want just one song to listen to off the stage, um, dude, exist. Like, look no further. It is mostly instrumental, so be prepared for that. But it is... it would. I would just flat out say it is a life-changing song, in my opinion. Yeah, it really is. It's worth listening to. It's... God, the whole album just... Turn, turn it yeah. on front to back. Yeah, the whole thing, like, yeah, cover to cover is amazing. Um, but Exist is really... I don't know, man. I would listen to the whole album if I were you. Because I think I said on the last episode, too, don't spoil yourself by just listening to Exist. Like, yeah, you got to listen to all that and then finish it off with Exist. I know it's commitment, but, like, man, is it worth it. The whole album's a trip. Love it. Really it really is. If you want to be even more special, listen to the re-released, the, re, the, re, the deluxe edition. Mm-hmm. The Deluxe Edition. Yeah, because the Deluxe Edition has a lot of great tracks on there, too. Like, um, the, most of them being covers, but um, my favorite one is the As Tears Go By cover, which is Rolling Stones thing. They mm-hmm. did their own, like, cool, like, rock and roll version of it. The original song is like, I sit and watch as tears go by. <laughs> And it's like really staccato and kind of like stiff feeling. Mm-hmm. And then like you get to like the just like acoustic jam sesh bro. And like Avenged Sevenfold does their version of it. And it just feels so like just like a rock 
like and then probably the best cover they do is retro oh, vertigo dude. no it's not man because as tears go by is the best cover I say retro vertigo retro vertigo Okay. You know what? what could... that, or that mariachi song they cover? Malahania Salarosa, yeah. Yeah. Sung entirely in Spanish, too. Yeah. Um, I thought it was a meme at first, and then I was like, damn, that's actually a great song. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, dude, the whole record is really good. So I think that brings our shit, man. I feel our favorites to a close. That's a decade we just wrapped up. That feels really weird, actually, yeah. to say those words. So our, our kind of bridge deck uh, music in a decade. I think there were some talks of us doing something else for like the our favorites in the decade, for, like movies or something. But yeah. we'll see. That's gonna involve a little bit more work. That's probably not gonna happen because I'm not anywhere near as passionate about movies as I am like music. But you know, I don't know. We probably could, but I would make mine short and sweet for sure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I would it would basically be a list. <laughs> it would be a list. Yeah, another but we have we have some stuff planned. We'll uh we'll we'll see. We'll see where right. this goes. See this cool. Goes. So, um, yeah. So, it's us. We're gonna. Where can yeah. they find you, Joe? Wow. Sorry, we had a we had a moment there. Th- that was a big brain fart. Uh, you can find me on Twitter, mm-hmm. the blue social media. That's not Facebook. Yeah, that's the one. Twitter. Twitter. R O E Tengu. That's at R O E Tengu that you can find me at. You can also follow us at R O E Org. On Twitter, and you can find Trevor. Octopus Ink Blots. Octopus Ink Blots, yes. Um, on Twitter as well, and then, yes, our we, podcast, where can you find us? Anchor, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Breaker, Overcast, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, not Stitcher yet. Not Stitcher, but YouTube, though. And Dalton's getting get really tired of us. Yeah. Uh, also, we have merch... I don't know if anyone's bought anything yet, but we have flannels now. We have hoodies, as always, hats, t-shirts, aprons, aprons. For some reason, I always I try think, to not mention. I that think I think we weird. I think we said it as a joke in the one of the podcasts, and then it became a real thing. No, it was a real thing. Was and it? Then it was definitely a real thing. I was looking at the the store, and I was like, dude, why are there mother? fucking aprons on our store I thought we, weird i thought we just joked about it and then, no, all of a sudden it was a thing. then i made a joke about it and then like you retroactively went back and were like whoa they added aprons but they had them there the whole time jesus yeah <laughs> couldn't make that shit up if i tried dude definitely whack definitely whack bro but uh yeah we have them but yeah, lots of cool apparel, lots of cool merch that you can get, and uh, it really helps us out. You can support the podcast, and you know you can also just support us for free by leaving a like, subscribing to us on YouTube, and sharing it with your friends. Comments. And uh, yeah, always leave a comment too, you know, because we just like to hear from you. So Comment, maybe you're subscribed, click that little bell so you know when the podcasts go live, yeah. so we don't have to berate you on Dude, if, if social media. Dude, if someone. Honestly, if someone subscribed to us 
and they hit the notification bell, do you know how happy that would make me? I'd buy them. Because there's literally, there's literally no money. No, nobody on all of YouTube that I like enough to hit the fucking notification bell for. I've got a few. I have zero. I have zero. Like, not even PewDiePie. Nobody. Not even, not even our own channel am I ever like, I want to be notified on my cell phone whenever a new video goes up. Well, maybe if you're subscribed and you hit the bell, let us know. We'll, uh... Maybe I'll be happy. You yeah. Can well, secure my happiness temporarily. We'll, uh, we'll let you know. We'll, we'll think of something. All right. And uh, as always, pet your dog and something else. Uh, stay safe. Yeah, that's what it was. And, you know.